tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. Corrupt people, there are a lot of thieves, thieves in my own ministry. You sack them, you employ new ones, and when they come, the new ones are even worse than those that you sack. Well, tonight, the Roads and Highways Minister, Kwesi Amakwata, is fuming once again. This time, alleging that there are a lot of corrupt people and thieves in his ministry, just as you had him uh, declare there. Now, why is he so unhappy and visibly angry well he says there are these officials in his ministry and he also talks about the police uh, in in this rant by the way are corrupt and they facilitate the blatant violation of the country's axolot regulations on ghana's highways destroying the roads in the process he's been inspecting uh, the vaco runabout uh, constructions at Bun here in the greater Accra region you see the harm we are doing to our country all of us and our government is spending millions and billions and billions of money to fix our roads. You know, we get transporters from other countries, neighboring countries, the landlocked countries, you know, coming to pick cargo from their ports. And they don't respect our asylum road regime. Look at all these vehicles parked here. No. And they park here hours on end. My information is that some of them are now going through the documentation process at the port. So they could park on the shoulders of the road for more than 24 hours. And the pressure on the road they have de destroyed the shoulders of our roads. And when they come onto the road itself, you know, because of the, 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 the uh, unauthorized asylum load that they carry, you know, the roads that we spend our, our, our hard-earned money to build, they destroy them. And my information is that they cannot do the same in their own countries, the French-speaking countries, Cote d'Ivoire, Burkina Faso, and so on, when they get to the borders, Pagao, they, they offload part of their cargo before they enter uh, those countries. But in our country, we have asylum road centers they load from the port. There's supposed to be an asylum load center there.
we, we have barriers on our road. The, 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 the customs people are manning some of the barriers. The police are manning the barriers. But they get free uh, access through our corridor. Well, it says the problem has been made worse by corruption at his own ministry. What are we doing to our country? Because of bribery and corruption. And we are the same people who called on the president, who called on government to fix the country. But all these vehicles with unauthorized uh, uh, weight as a uh, 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 load, they overload their uh, as a, Every day, they manage to pass through our corridor, our central corridor. I am calling on Ministry of Transport, my colleague Minister of Transport. I am going to work hand in hand with him. I am calling on the police and everybody, those who work at the port. Please, this is our country and we should be serious. All the monies that people are, 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 are so engulfed in it you know, to make whatever money, I don't know what people want. We will die and leave everything behind. All of us, uh, those who came before us, much, much earlier, are all gone. We had big names. People with money, with wealth, with what? What are they? What are they? And they left all behind. And these drivers, what they cannot do in their own countries, they do it here with impunity. Because we have some of our own patriotic brothers and sisters who prefer money to protecting our road infrastructure. Because people want money in their pockets. There are people in my own ministry, my own ministry, who are involved in this kind of thing. We have a number of asylum road centers from here to Paga, a number of them, but they pass through. We have fought this war all these years, and we don't seem to win. There are a lot of corrupt people. There are a lot of thieves, thieves in my own ministry. You sack them, you employ new ones, and when they come, the new ones are even worse than those that you sack. What sort of country are we building for ourselves? He ordered the police to arrest the many trucks he found parked by the side of the road. Whether they have to pay for or not, somebody should apprehend them first. Who is apprehending them? Who is apprehending them? And if they are driving, whether in the day or in the night, you and I, another will not be there. You will be working. I will be working. Those whose duty it is to check them and apprehend them are disappointing this nation. Look at the, all this. You know, and the weight. This, I expect that, you no, know, surprisingly, the police should come in and arrest all the drivers, arrest all of them.
Well, we'll talk to transport consultant Cecil Gabra pretty shortly, but I'm also joined right now by Michael Boydou, who is uh, with the Ghana Integrity Initiative, is the fundraising manager there. And Michael, let me start with you. He is the minister for the sector. Has he got a justification to complain that they are alleged, the words he used, thieves at his ministry? Well, good evening. Hello, good evening, Evans. Can you hear me? I can, yes. Very well. Good evening, Evans. Um, permit me to read um, a portion of the Constitution for uh, all of us to uh, situate what the minister is doing properly in context. Uh, Article 30, uh, 35A says that the state shall take steps to eradicate corrupt practices and the abuse of power. Now, if the managers of the state is complaining, then even as you and I, what we have to do, it is, it is really, really sad. The minister said that when you sat them, Mr. Minister, the reality is that the sanction for corruption is not dismissal. It is a criminal offense. It must go through the criminal jurisprudence. You don't just sack people. That is why people come back and they do the same thing. We, you see, um, uh, I think Ghanaians are getting worried because now we are having managers of our country now complaining and crying, just as we, the citizens, are crying and complaining. We don't have to do that. I think that we need to be very a bit more serious about the way we are managing this country because it is worrying. There are clear steps that the, the leaders of this country ought to take in, circumstances, in, in, in situations where corruption is identified. And I plead with them that they must not complain and cry the way we are complaining and crying, but they must take steps as the law mandates them to do, to eradicate corruption. One of the steps are that these alleged thieves and, and corrupt uh, officials must be identified, investigated, prosecuted, and sanctioned. Other than that, I mean, if that cannot be done, then what else? Well, what his, else? His, approach, his approach to dealing with it is when they identify, they are sacked. Except that when they are sacked, they are replaced. And he says those, yes. those but, he but, hires to replace them turn out to be worse than those he sacked. Evans, who says that the sanction or the, 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 the action that ought to be taken when corruption is identified is sacking? It is not. It is a criminal offense and criminal uh, processes ought to be kicked in, ought to be initiated. The, the law is clear. The, the Criminal Offenses Act is clear on how corruption must be dealt with. Corruption is a criminal offense, and, and that where criminal offenses, you don't sack people. You report them to the competent authority to investigate, prosecute, and sanctions emitted. Please. So if you can sack as many as you want, if you sack them and replace them, because we have made corruption a, a, a high-gain enterprise and a low-risk enterprise, people will get into it. If you were uh, reporting them to the proper competent authorities and criminal sanctions are placed on them, I'm sure people will learn lessons. Those you replace with will not repeat it. So I beg the minister, the way to go is not sacking. 
the way to go is getting them arrested. He ought not, even we in civil society, when we, are, we hear of alleged corruption, we report to the competent authority, we follow up and ensure that investigations are carried out, and if there are any uh, prosecution must be done, prosecution is done. People must, all of us must take our country serious and take the law, uh, 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 the law serious so we comply with the law, not as we wish, not as we think, but as the law says. Please. But, but you also heard him complain about the role of the police. At the end, he says the police must arrest the people first. That for there to be prosecution, the people must be arrested. And that's not his responsibility, he suggests. Yeah, right. Uh, even the police does not go fishing. The police work on information. The police work on complaints. The road minister, if he has identified corrupt officials, must report to the police. And then the police then takes over from him. There is a procedural arrangement. So the police cannot go around arresting Axel Road uh, officials and uh, officials from the Ministry of Roads and Highways just rampantly. There must be a complaint that triggers info, uh, investigation. So our honorable minister must do what the law says he must do. He must report them. When he reports them, the police will carry out investigation. By calling on the police on air is not the solution. I beg him, sir. Let's bring in Cecil Garba. He's a transport consultant. Cecil, the fundamental problem that triggered the minister's outburst is the violation of the country's axo-load regulations. And he says that is destroying the roads that we build. We spend billions to build it only for these trucks to destroy it. And these trucks are actually carting cargo to sub-regional countries. Do you have sympathy for his complaint there? Do you have sympathy for him when you hear him complain the way he just did? Uh, hello, Evans. Hello, Cecil. Yes, okay. I didn't hear the last bit, but then... Um, Do you have any sympathies for him listening to his complaint and outburst on this subject? Yes, so um, what, what I can say for now is that... Sorry, I just came from lectures and uh, my voice could be low. But then um, uh, this issue has been there in the past years. I mean, this is a whole cartel. Okay, I've sat in the truck and uh, noticed that this is a situation where they get to the uh, load um, areas. They start counting monies and then just to pave their way out. It is not any new thing. It is old. Uh, unfortunately, there haven't been any issues of arrest and so on. But um, it's a cartel. It's, it is there. Now, how do you break it? Well... Just like uh, my colleague just mentioned, it's a situation where people must be arrested and prosecuted, not only be sacked, okay? And I believe that the way forward is to have a tax force of uh, police, military, um, highways, authorities themselves um, to get to the side, okay? And uh, the other issues that we have at the start, we like maintaining people at the same place because uh, drivers and owners of such trucks become used to the people there and then they can even find out oh, who is there today and you know, send money to the person and then um, their tracks will pass through so there's no problem it is not today that this thing started i mean several years it's um only um, that it's come to 
the realization of the ministry that this is what is happening. And I, I, I know the minister knows about it. But the policies do not work in this country because there are no punitive measures. If there are punitive measures, people will stop uh, stealing. People will you know, uh, know that we have an actual load control policy and it must work in this country. So nothing can be done. A uh, minister can, uh, you know, uh, be ranting and uh, and what else? <laughs> Talking about it. But tomorrow they will continue. Mm. Right? So for me, the way forward is what I'm thinking of. You yeah, have to and, break and, and, and his, his other concern is that because the regulations aren't being followed, this destroys the road. You see the pack by the roadside. It's putting your life, my life at risk. But also we are destroying the roads to spend millions of dollars to construct. Uh, yes. In terms of the technical aspect of this, how bad is it in terms of its impact on road yes. safety, but also the, the quality um, of the roads uh, and driving? Yes, so it, it is really true. The road is being destroyed because uh, if an asphalted road will be made, definitely we'll have the engineers going to look at the test of the soil, looking at the uh, number of inches for that road. And um, I quite remember uh, somewhere around the 2000 and uh, around 2002, I attended the World Bank program, and then we had this little boy who was just, you know, sort of uh, giving it to us in the sense that as if we didn't know what to do. I'm talking about authorities that we have that uh, hey, you know uh, what it is by controlling the, um, the vehicles for them not to destroy the uh, the roads, but yes, still it is still happening, right? So. Uh, there's an extent, total, um, I'll say, it, um, the damage is really serious in terms of um, the trucks disturbing the, the, the roads that we have because these are heavy loaded vehicles and um, they go on the asphalted road which already uh, becomes somehow weak because of the number of vehicles that um, pass on such roads. Uh, if you look at Accra Kosovo Road, for instance, which was con- constructed some few years ago, you pass on it and then you will notice that there are a lot of depressions on the road. What is the cause? It is because of heavy duty, you know, trucks are allowed to use such roads with more than the uh, calculated weight, okay? So it is true that destruction is very serious and we need to stop it. Serious. Thank you very much, Cecil Gabra. Uh, thank you very much, uh, Michael Buidi. And many of you are responding and reacting to this particular story. Um, this one has, well, this is Samuel from Dom. He says, so our ministers are just embarking on announcing that there are corrupt people in their ministries. Also, uh, this one from Salt Pond, it says, uh, without a speedy trial, the, the sucking of these corrupt public servants isn't the best. Uh, after uh, case management, there must be daily trial when the trial begins. Yeah, and that's uh, Steely Centers, that one. Um, this one uh, f- uh, from Promise and Keta says, Ey! Now the road minister is crying of corruption uh, of this MPP government. Uh, right now, if they don't pay uh, 100, he mentions a certain amount there and wants uh, action uh, beyond the complaint. Moses is listening from Winneba, the road to Menesizanga, is misplaced. What is he fuming about when he unilaterally removed road tolls that could have raised extra revenue for maintenance of these roads? And many more of you are joining in this particular conversation. Also, uh, the conversation relating to uh, the...
hearing in Parliament today on the alleged uh, plot to remove the IGP. Uh, I want to read one of that, and this is from Bediako in Cantonments. When can we be serious in this country? Attaching a chairman of the League Tape Committee, has he finished dealing? He says with other more important matters. A few of your comments there on that uh, story, and many of you are driving uh, tonight. You may have seen some of the cargo trucks by the roadside. Why don't you take a picture and share with us here on News Night zero five five one 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 one. 997. Now, Parliament's Finance Committee is challenging claims. It granted a $4 million tax waiver to Four Mark Limited for the construction of a hotel under the One District, One Factory Initiative. The Finance Ministry last year requested for a $6.3 million tax waiver for a Ghanaian-owned company. Now, Parliament granted almost $4 million in waivers to Four Mark Limited. We'll bring you details shortly, but Chairman of the Finance Committee insists the waivers were granted the company as a strategic investor under the GIPC Act. Listen. It was clear that our recommendation was for the uh, company to be granted uh, tax waivers as a strategic investor. There were other portions of the report, obviously because uh, the preparation of these reports sometimes are done on the back of previous reports prepared. So uh, when the workload on our on our clerks is big, then they pick reports that are similar to the referral being considered, and then they try to replace the essential elements of the report with a new referral. Unfortunately, sometimes these things slip through. But I think anybody who reads the report in total and reads the minister's uh, memorandum to parliament and reads what appeared on the other paper and reads all that has happened in parliament would be in no doubt that this was a strategic uh, investor waiver uh, referral. Uh, and that is where we, we, we thought the fourth estate should correct error in order not to leave the public with the impression that somehow we had granted exemption to a, a hotel uh, which exemptions are meant for factory. Well, my colleague Marcel Ababa joins me in the studio with details of the uh, investigation done by Fourth Estate. What did they find? Yes, Evans. Um, so the waiver, um, we are told, is to cover import bills and other import-related taxes of the company. Now, the company also received a five-year tax holiday. The parliamentary approval followed a request from the Ministry of Finance dated July 25, 2022. Now, the ministry initially sought approval for almost $6.4 million in import tax relief for the construction of the Foster Limeridian Hotel. Now, the Warren Sister Room Hotel is expected to open its doors to customers in 2025. The Ministry of Finance wanted the relief granted in line with the tax exemption regime under the One District, One Factory program. This means the company would not pay a PEXWA in taxes when it imports materials and equipment within the exemption granted. Additionally, the Finance Ministry asks that Parliament allow the company not to pay VAT on items it procures locally for the project. Companies in this category also benefit from a five-year tax holiday. Now, as Parliament Standing Orders 169 required, the Finance Ministry's request was forwarded to the House's Finance Committee chaired by the Member of Parliament for Boise West Kwekukwating. The committee, in its report to the House dated November 25, 2022, recommended that the request be approved, but it reduced 
the amount from $6.3 million to $3.9 million. Now, the committee noted that included in the taxes to be waived was domestic value added tax, which is a domestic indirect tax. The committee, however, considered that in light of the new tax exemptions regime, the domestic VAT should be removed from the basket of waivers. Um, now, making a case for the exemption, the report said the tax waiver for Formark Limited is consistent with the government's overall policy to propel industrial growth under the 1D1F program as it would contribute significantly to job creation in the tourism and hospitality um, sector. And they also probe further uh, to try and track down this company if yeah. indeed it's duly registered at the Registrar General. What did they find? The fourth estate evidence checks also revealed the company details could not be found in the database of the Registrar General's office. Now, to qualify for tax exemptions, a company needs to register with the office of the Registrar of Companies and have an unblemished tax record with a GRE. Now, in March 2023, the fourth estate wrote to the ORC seeking background information relating to Formac Limited, its directors and shareholders. However, per the records of the state institution taxed with keeping the records of all registered companies in Ghana, the company does not exist. Now, the ORC suggested to the fourth estate to confirm from the directors if there has been a change of name. And it's a quote um, from that letter, which was written by the ORC's head of companies, Jones, Jones and Ansa, and it's quoted here. Also, if you have evidence of registration documents of the above named companies, please do not hesitate to let us have it so we can authenticate and update our records accordingly, Evans. Uh, uh, thankfully, Seth uh, Bokbe is a senior reporter with the Fourth Estate. joins us uh, quickly for clarity on this. Uh, Seth, the uh, committee has responded, a very detailed response today, and the uh, thankfully, Kuku Kwarteng, who is the chair of uh, the Finance Committee, responds, uh, and that this particular uh, hotel wasn't granted these waivers under 1D1F, but rather under a GIPC Act. Uh, what do you say to that? I may have less, lost set there, but uh, Kuku Kwating is with me. Uh, Mr. Kwating, thanks for your time. Can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you. Okay. Uh, so, they, I've had the suggestion that there may have been some error in the classification of this hotel under 1D1F. Is that the case? Is that a view you share too? Yes. There was uh, uh, an error in a committee's report. But before I go on to that, let me quickly uh, correct uh, an impression that was given that the minister's request was a request under 1D1F. Uh, that is incorrect. If you look at the minister's memorandum to parliament, it was clear that the request was under the GIPC Act uh, 2013. And it was in respect of that, that the referral was made to us. And we approved it in line with the GIPC Act. Now, uh, I think anybody that reviews the minister's memo and reviews our report in total will be left in no doubt that this was an exemptions under the GIPC Act as a strategic investor. I however concede that in the Finance Committee's report, even though under the justification, we are clear that this is uh, a waiver under the GIPC Act and recommended the reduction 
of the amount from some 6.4 to about 3.9 because as you uh, have already indicated, we consider that domestic tax cannot be waived under the new exemptions regime. So um, I think in total, the information is clear and I don't think anybody can dispute that. However, and as a chairman, I am embarrassed by this. Uh, in the report were references to 1B1F. That is what is misleading some people. And it's coming from the fact that, you know, the way uh, our clerks prepare the reports, especially when the workload is big, is not to start every report uh, preparation from scratch. They take a similar report and then they change the information uh, that related to the old uh, report. Uh, uh, with, they replace that with uh, information from the new referral. So when the workload is big, sometimes you miss some of these uh, references and then they remain in the report. Uh, as a chairman, before I sign, I should be sure that uh, all these are corrected. Unfortunately, for this particular one, the errors were not corrected, and I put my signature to it, and I, and I, uh, I feel embarrassed that this should happen. However, that mistake cannot be a basis for anybody to argue that we have granted exemptions that uh, are meant, tax exemptions that are meant for factories to a hotel. It is that a, a statement uh, or suggestion made by uh, the fourth estate and seen in other sections of the media that I find unfortunate. But I, I think, uh, I do not believe that the fourth estate set out to peddle uh, this falsehood. Uh, especially when, they, they especially were, they when were misled, you, yeah. I, I, I finish shortly, they were misled by the errors in our report. Uh, ex I guess except that... that Except that you, you cannot use the word misled when it had been signed, duly signed by yourself. And, and again, the, 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 the question also then comes up. Oh, no, when, these, I, when I these, say misled, Evans, just a second, if you may. I mean, these committee reports normally will be signed by the chair and the ranking to represent both sides of the aisle. And you didn't spot it. The minority side also didn't spot it. And both of you signed. No, 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 no. Uh, the, 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 the report is signed by the chairman and also the clerk. And both you and the clerk both did not spot this mistake? Well, I, honestly, if I spotted it, there's no way I would not have corrected it. These errors happen every now uh, uh, and And Evans, don't, don't push me too much on this. No, no, I, I, it's, it's, I, it's important because I, I know, I mean, you, you watch the space and there's always a fight. In fact, there's a gensa fight between minority side and minority side because they review the documents before it is, it is signed off. So I'm presuming, I'm presuming that the minority side uh, on the committee, the entire committee would have reviewed it and before you can append your signature. And all these members missed it. That's what raises these additional questions. No, no, that is, in practice, that is not what happens. In practice, the referral that is made to the committee is considered by the committee uh, as a whole. We all said we consider uh, the referral. And remember, as I have already indicated, that the referral was a, a, a referral uh, uh, on the GIPC strategic investment uh, uh, regime. So once we considered it, the minority majority side will agree that we're going to take away the VAT. And when the report is compiled, normally uh, if it's a special matter, 
you would like to bounce it off the minority so that you are sure that you will not be surprised on the floor with an opposition. But ordinarily, if it is not a controversial matter, and the committee was agreed on the essentials of the referral, and uh, the, the clerk submits it to us, uh, 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 the prepares it and submits it to the chairman. The chairman then they bounce it off uh, the, the ranking member. And then the ranking member, again, as I indicated, if it's not a controversial matter, they do not really bother to go around to check errors such as this. I mean, we are all learning, and I think going forward, we'll be more meticulous in, in reviewing these reports. We should not just be considering essential parts and the figures that form the actual meat of the referral. We should also be looking at the test around it. Otherwise, you fall into this kind of situation. But Evans, what I want the public to get clear is that the error in the report should not be interpreted to mean that the hotel has been granted an exemption uh, as a factory. And I, I just hope that having put our rejoinder out, uh, the media, especially the fourth estate that published this, would now look at all the documents and look at even the other paper that uh, formed the basis for the motion that accepted this and the resolution. You need to look at all that. You will come to no other conclusion that this was uh, exemptions granted uh, to Max Ford Limited as a strategic investor. And I just want the, the correction to be made because it is not just a matter of public policy. It is also embarrassing and a reputational matter. If I can sit on a referral and say that a hotel is a factory and therefore have to be given or have to be given exemptions meant for factories, it really hurts my feeling. And I just want the fourth estate and the media to review all the documents, we are happy to accept the fault that there was an error in our report, but we do not think that error is sufficient basis to come to the conclusions that the fourth estate came to. Has the error been corrected? You say? The error, has it been corrected now? Oh, well, uh, the, you know, because it was not a, a, a critical part of the report, the report essentially reduced it, uh, uh, the figure, and the tax lines are clear. This was the literature uh, and the narratives around the, the, the report. Uh, it is possible if we want to, we can go to Parliament, uh, when Parliament resumes, uh, that we correct those, we expunge those references to 1D1F from the report. We can do that. It, it, it may not be that necessary, but if we have to, we can do that. I think the lesson we learn going forward is that uh, because of uh, situations like this. In future, we should read our report every line uh, before we append our signature, however big the workload would be, because uh, situations like this are not pleasant. And Seth Bokway, senior reporter at Fourth Estate. Uh, Seth, you've had the uh, chairman on the committee. Your reaction? Yes. I, I find it rather intriguing that the Honorable MP is saying we were misled. Parliament is a house of records. If we cannot depend on documents emanating from the house, what can we call official? Every single reference we made to in that story was from parliamentary documents. For instance, if you read section 4.0, title required waiver, it says to ensure the execution of the projects and in line with the tax exemption regime under the one district one factory, 
the Ministry of Finance is seeking parliamentary approval to exempt imported, import-related taxes and domestic VAT up to the equivalent of 6.3, almost 6.4 million on materials and equipment to be imported and procured domestically for the construction of the facility. So I don't, I don't see where we add. If anything at all, the MP should be apologizing for the error in their report, if so-called error. Again, he, he said that he's embarrassed by it and he's learned the lessons going forward. Well, then I, I think he is being unfair to us when he says we are misled. We are misled by reports that he authored, a report that he signed. That's unfair. Can, can I respond to that? Just a again, second. No, just again, a second. I want to, just to, we reached out to him. We reached out to him to speak to this matter. He did not. At least two times. He sent him two WhatsApp messages. We called him. He referred us to the ministry. We sent a letter to the ministry, two letters, and also sent a message to the Deputy Minister of uh, Finance, Dr. John Kuma. In all these instances, they refused to answer. So I don't see why he should be saying we were misled. Officially, if there was error, and you notice there was an error, at least you respond to the queries that we sent to you. You did not do it. So I don't see where we found it. And then also, you didn't find this former company, whether it was under 1D1F or under a strategic initiative uh, under the uh, the GIPC Act in the uh, register. Uh, uh, and if you look at the references he's mentioning, they did not state the the GIPC Act in the references. They said the Constitution, the Standing Orders of Parliament, the Public Financial Management Act, and the tax waiver under 1D1F program. There was nowhere that it stated that it's under the GIPC Act. Nowhere. Yes, I was asking about the inquiries you made at the Registrar General. Yes. You also had no record. In fact, the Registrar General had no records of this particular... So when we, when we made these searches, we made them do different variations of the name, including the name with a hyphen, the name, format with a hyphen, format without a hyphen, format spelled F-O-U-R-M-A-C. We did not see, there was no presence. I mean, it didn't exist. The name didn't exist in the database. However, today, we were there. We, we, we are yet to verify this, though. We had a notice from the Office of the Registrar General that they have found the name. Yes, Mr. Kwate. Yes, first and foremost, uh, again, to uh, my, my friend from the forest state, uh, no, I apologize, all right? Uh, and I'm sorry with this error I appeared in our report. When I say the forest state was misled, what I mean is that the referral itself was a, a, a referral under one uh, under strategic investment. However, there were references to 1D1F in our report. So those references misled uh, the fourth estate into thinking that this was a 1D1F referral. That is what I mean by you were misled. So uh, we're sorry for that. But you know, uh, uh, the fourth estate also has a few lessons to learn from this incident. The truth of the matter is that they were negligent in not reading the minister's memo before doing their story. If they had read the, minister, the memo that the minister brought to parliament, which made no reference whatsoever to 1D1F, that is why all along, in order to defend what I think is indefensible, 
uh, they're putting their whole weight on those erroneous references in our report. But they, the wrote, but, 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 but they, but they wrote to you. They wrote to you trying to get clarity. They didn't. Uh, Ivan, let me address that. You see, what I can remember is that somebody sent me a text, a message, and said that they want to discuss the, implement, the implementation of tax exemptions uh, in Ghana. And I said, well, if you want the implementation... Then you go to GRA or Ministry of Finance. Finance Committee, we do not implement exemptions. We uh, provide a uh, recommend, recommendation to Parliament for approval. So go to the people who do the implementation, only to realize that that was an inquiry about a report that the committee had produced. If they had said, and, 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 I, and I hope my colleague listens to me, if they, he had said, that we want you to speak to uh, exemptions meant for uh, factories, which you have uh, approved for a hotel, and this is contained in your report. There is no way I'm going to ask you to go to the Ministry of Finance. So they should also accept a part of the blame. They should accept the fact that uh, if they had averted their minds to the memorandum that the minister brought to Parliament, they probably will not have done the story. Okay, let, let me hear Seth. Seth, that that is, uh, let me hear Seth. Because Seth. if the if the minister's memo was enough to get the exemption granted, Parliament will not consider it. What what the finance committee did was to consider all other documents that would guarantee this money, and one of those documents was the one D one F. If the document emanating from the Ministry of Finance was enough, I'm sure these exemptions should have been granted. So it is unfair to say that because we did not avert our minds, our minds to the, what's the name, the memo. The memo may have come, but you as the finance committee did the final work that was approved by the House. The final document that got the company the money was done by Parliament, not the, not the Ministry of Finance. Mm. Seth, thank you very much. Quick, 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 grateful also. Uh, listen, share your thoughts with me, 055-11-11997. And George Raffi is here with business. Right after George, we'll hear from President Akufuado. He's making a strong case for reform of the United Nations and the global financial architecture. And George will love to hear what he's been talking about. The crisis of the global financial institutions and of global governance under the United Nations system which were created from the rubble of the Second World War, is a deep crisis. George, what do you have in your headlines? Well, Evans, coming up in business, Ghana Revenue Authority arrests some managers of retail outlets and easily gone over VAT infractions and independent power producers shows of uninterrupted supply of electricity. That is, after some money was paid by the electricity company, that old them. The business news on Newsnight is brought to you by MTN Business. Welcome to the new world of business, Alliance Life and Ghana Pay. It's the best season of the year. Just in some points, Momo Pay or you say Momo up. Send with ease and win big. You be mere tanto or you be Momo user. Momo season abanti send in the Send in the Momo season abanti send in the 
Son, we are so proud of you for setting up this hospital. I really love those hospital beds and waiting chairs. By the way, did you import them? No, Dad, I didn't. I actually got them from Kindle Books and Stationery right here in Ghana. Wow. We also bought our office supplies, safes, executive desks and chairs from Kingdom and they gave us expert advice on how to set up our office. Guys, that makes three of us. I also got our sofa and bedroom sets plus our dining hall furniture for our new home from Kingdom. Wow, Mom, that makes four of us. I usually get my stationary items from Kingdom and my teacher also mentioned that our classroom furniture was provided by Kingdom. So there you have it. Whenever you're thinking about setting up an office or acquiring furniture for your home, etc., Kingdom Books and Stationery should be your first point of call. With over 14 years experience in the industry, we stock and supply a wide variety of globally sourced office and home furniture, stationery and equipment. Visit our head office Osu Akwaje or our office near the Osu Stadium. We're also in Tema Community 1, opposite Olam SHF, Kumase K and USD Campus, UCC Cape Coast and now at the Marina Mall, Airport City. Or call us 0302 764101 764209 or 762792. Visit our website www.kingdomgh.com. You no matter your water needs, Syntex has it all. Syntex tank was first to Syntex Tank was first to introduce white inner layer tanks in Ghana and now introduces the customer specs order which will let you order any color and size you want. Syntex Tanks gives you the biggest warranty of 7 years which no other tank gives you. So whatever your water consumption, size of project or demand, choose Syntex Tank. Syntex Tank, stress-free. Syntex Tank, reliable. Syntex Tank, maximum guarantee. Call 0244-335-168. Kumasi 0505-555-666. Or visit SyntexGH.com. Syntex Tank. A year strong. A year tough. I'm a you're welcome back to 
business on Newsnight. Now, the Ghana Revenue Authority, together with the Criminal Investigations Department of the Ghana Police, have arrested some managers of retail outlets at Islegon for VAT infractions. Now, this include failure to register for VAT and selective issuance of VAT receipt after purchase, which is described as unlawful under the country's tax laws. Assistant Commissioner of Enforcement of the Accra Central Region, Joseph Annan, says businesses must comply with the tax laws to have been exempted from these actions. We'll make sure that they are registered. We'll also assess them preemptively. And then once they are registered, the law talks about going back to when they were supposed to have registered. So if they were supposed to have registered three years ago and they failed to do so, then once we register them, we're going back to when they were supposed to have registered. And then we'll assess them from that time to date. So that is what is going to happen to those who are not registered. So it's better for you to register on your own because when we come, then we'll have to go back to when you were supposed to have registered. And ignorance of the law is not an excuse. Now the shops that were affected was uh, Aqua Space, 69 Bridge Enterprise and Aqua Professionals and Roxy Collections. Now the independent power producers have assured of uninterrupted supply of the electricity company settled part of debt owed them. The payment is part of an agreement reached in June this year. The producers had earlier this year threatened to shut down supply over debts owed by government. Chief Executive of the Independent Power Producers, Elik Plim Akpatagwa, says they look forward to the company sustaining the payment schedule. Quite impressive, even though we expect them to do better going forward. Under the cash waterfall system, we are barely paid about 2.5%. And that is Eliklim uh, Akpeto, but he is the chief executive of the independent power producers. To other stories that we'll be talking about, where the Chartered Institute of Bankers Ghana says it is committed to building the capacity of the financial sector players to embrace the environmental social governance in their operations. The environmental social governance is expected to guide the risk management practices of these banks. Chief Executive of the Chartered Institute of Bankers, Ghana Robert Jato, has been talking about how this could transform the financial sector. We are very clear in our mind that uh, we'll develop capacity and we have some very clear timelines. Um, by end of this year, we are launching that ESG certification program. But of course, you know that the Central Bank, Bank of Ghana, has launched the seven uh, sustainability principles, so there's quite some work being done there as well. And across the entire ecosystem there is uh, significant progress being made but it's still a lot to do we are very clear that we'll launch that certification program in partnership with uh, ifc and other ecosystem players Evans, that is the chief executive of the Chartered Institute of Bankers, uh, Robert uh, Jato. And Evans, tonight we're looking at how the country, I mean, so with the payment of these uh, coupons, Evans, on the uh, first debt exchange bond, which taught some market confidence as well as a fresh payment uh, to on both of them. They live in the state and now, Ghana is set for a successful law. Is Ghana will be going to be set for a successful IMF program review next month. Now, even these are the things that will be trying to get some answers as you host the Minister of State at the Finance Ministry, Dr. Mohamed Amin Adam, on PM Express at 9 p.m. tonight as you look at the debt action program and Ghana's first review under the fund program at 9 p.m. on Join News and events on all our social media platform as you engage the Minister of State at the Finance Ministry. Make a day.
George. Thank you very much. You're so live. You're on News Night. It's on Joy 99.7 FM. And let's do sports now. Ms. Bao joins us with the latest. Hello, Ms. Bao. Hello, events. Well, uh, the vice president of the Ghana Football Association, uh, he's been speaking uh, about government needing to increase investment in sports. And uh, he's been saying that, look, if the country does not take this seriously, we could risk falling behind in football development on the continent because there's so many other countries like Tanzania who are taking investment in football serious. Uh, one of the efforts is to continue engagement with government for government support because we can't do it all. There's a lot of tremendous amount of resources that we require at these levels, especially if we want our national teams to be top in the world. We have to put a lot of resources at our levels like other countries are doing. And that's the result that you know that you see in Senegal and Morocco and all these places because they put an amount of, amount of resources. And if we don't do it, trust me, you will be sitting here one day and you see countries like Tanzania and all these people you know, just raising buyers because we have not invested in, in those areas. That's the Vice President of the Ghana Football Association, Mark Addo, there. Well, Team Ghana did withdraw from uh, Friday's 4x100-meter relay heat uh, at the ongoing World Athletics Championship after James Dardze and Joseph Paul Amor picked up injuries in the men's 200-meter heats during the morning session of day five. Now, of course, the decision was captured in a statement affirming uh, that it is in the best interest and greater good of James and Joseph Correa to discontinue participation in the championship. And this was from the Ghana Athletics over there in consultation with the Minister for Youth and Sports. Well, the Deputy Minister of Youth and Sports, Evans Bobby, has been speaking exclusively to us on what the states intend to do for the two injured athletes. Well, Ms. Bao, thank you very much. It's still live here on News 9. It's on Joy 99.7 FM. Now, President Akufado is making a strong case for the reform of the United Nations and the global financial architecture, which he argues is in deep crisis. The president, who is attending uh, the, fifth, the, fifth, the 15th BRICS summit in Johannesburg, South Africa, says the continued exploitation of Africa uh, to the detriment of its people ought not to persist. Well, my colleague Blaise Soga, uh, who heads uh, Foreign Affairs and Diplomatic Desk, is in Johannesburg uh, covering the BRICS summit for us and joins us on Zoom uh, right now. Uh, Blaise, so the president has been making uh, this argument. What has been the reaction to him? Oh, we... We don't seem to uh, have uh, Blessed on. Hello, Blessed. Can you hear me on mute? Yes, I'm right here. Okay, I can hear you. Yeah, you, you, the, the president has been making Hello, this, the president has been making this strong case uh, today about the uh, global financial architecture being in crisis uh, at, at the 15th BRICS summit. I'm just curious how that has been received. Well, unfortunately, we have a connection uh, challenge uh, to Blazard, who is uh, covering the BRICS uh, summit uh, for us in South Africa. Uh, the president has been pretty strong on this uh, today and uh, has obviously uh, attracted a lot of interest with the uh, comments uh, he's been making on that particular subject. But let's uh, hear the president uh, today uh, speaking on the subject when he addressed uh, the, the summit itself in Johannesburg. Excellencies, I urge this meeting to address one issue of importance for us in Africa and I believe for the world generally. That is the urgent necessity for the reform of the United Nations 
especially of the composition and structure of its Security Council. The contemporary world has moved on significantly from the post-1945 world, which gave rise to the birth of the United Nations and the makeup of the Security Council. The world of 2023 is not the world of 1945. The crisis of the global financial institutions and of global governance under the United Nations system, which were created from the rubble of the Second World War, is a deep crisis. And as a president speaking uh, today in Johannesburg, you can catch the full coverage of the BRICS summit, a very important gathering indeed, with many African countries applying to join it. Uh, it's on the Journey Channel and across our many social media platforms, also on myjoyonline.com. And Blazer Soga has been leading that coverage for us. Enjoy the rest of your evening. <laughs>